Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the hottest takes on the least important news stories. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Action Jeff. Ooh, I'm Louisa Heron. This is exciting. Yeah. Yep. I Jeff, don't know. Give why. us some action. Uh, ha-cha! Oh, God. He just yeah. karate chopped that whole uh, cardboard cutout of Terry Crews in half. Yep. It had all of his muscles, and I've defeated them. Mm-hmm. He my... must be stronger than the real Terry Crews by the transitive property, as I understand it. Yep. I didn't do well in math, but that sounds right to me. <laughs> I was starting my notes here, uh, typing the title of the podcast, and I ro- almost wrote Hack of the Net. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this. That's uh, the next uh, Legend of Zelda game. Yep. That's where they go into the computer world. Finally! Oh my god, they might do that. That's <laughs> not even a joke. They did that with Mega Man, remember? Well, yeah, Mega but Man Mega Man started out with robots. <laughs> yeah, but Legend of Zelda has mech suits now. Oh god, don't remind me. That was the uh, worst no. part. That was the Me- worst part, hands down, in an excellent game, which I love for 200 hours. That part was terrible. No, I loved the mech yeah. suit also. <laughs> this is the problem, though. It's like... It's like candy. Like, you can love it, but you still know it's bad for you, right? <laughs> it's video games. Of course it's bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that it's bad for the video game that it's in there. Mm. I think it's cool, but I also understand that it's bad for the Zelda franchise that they are they are treading in this direction. So I, mean, I don't think it's and... cool. I hated it because it was very hard to fight in the mech, and the mech did way less damage than Link does on his own, so I kept jumping out. But you're not... It's not what you're supposed to be doing story-wise, but it was helping me, and it sucks. I liked getting on the mech to smash up rocks. It made that process easier. Mm, that's true. Ha- has anyone ever made a Gundam anime where the Gundams are kind of shitty, and so people keep on needing to get out of them to shoot each other? <laughs> Titanfall. The video game <laughs> hey, Titanfall. <laughs> that game kicks ass. And yes, the, I agree. The mechs and the non-mech stuff are both very good. I played the first one and I liked it, even though it was mostly an online game. And I started the second one, which people like way more, but never finished it. Gotta try it again. The, the second one is extremely good. It's much better than the first one, and you should try it again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're all talking about video games from the year 2015 or something here. <laughs> well, yeah. 2023 for Tears of the Kingdom. That counts. Yeah, that's true. That's one of them. Well, that, that game's eternal. That game feels like <laughs> as if it was released, suddenly it had always been there. Yes, it's true. Uh, yep. Anyway, Louisa, what have you been up to this week? I have been editing footage that I have shot of myself making crafts, and now I understand why there are many categories at the Academy Awards for editing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because it... you're trying to win them. <laughs> Because it's it really is an art rather than a craft. There is no indication on what you should keep and what you should delete. Did you expect there to be? I kind of did, yeah. Like, okay, well, I'm going to want to see uh, the entire process of, like, shaping something out of clay. But that is a very long process. Maybe that's 20 minutes, and I don't want to give it 20 minutes in this video. So how do I edit that down to just a couple minutes? And is you it gotta better do to... that thing where you speed up the the footage yeah. while playing like marimba music underneath it or whatever. I am doing that at some times, speeding up the footage because I see other crackers do it and I like to see it. So sure, yeah. but it's learning like 
Ugh, it's so complicated. Learning, like, showing the sandpaper for a second and being like, and now I'm sanding this. Maybe that's all you need to indicate to the viewer that that's what's happening, and then you don't need any more footage of sanding. So, it's all very difficult to try to figure out how to tell a story this way. Yeah, you need to do that thing that YouTubers do where you make it look like the thing you're doing is super easy and fun to do, even mm -hmm. though it actually takes forever and is annoying. Yes. So you just need to edit it until it's like <laughs> watching it fulfills the same lizard brain uh, dopamine rush as actually doing it. Yeah. It's... Oh, look, I just made this thing you say to yourself watching somebody make an elaborate uh, Rube Goldberg machine. Well... I like to watch these types of craft videos, which I think helps me here, but um, people will do something like uh, show you how they shape a brick, and then mm -hmm. they're like, and I'm making more bricks, and then they'll show you a quick montage of boop, 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 then suddenly the whole side of this little model's covered in bricks, and, yeah. they, and they use that sound effect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> one, thing, one thing that I know helps with like making <clears throat> a movie movie is going into it with a, like you construct the narrative in your mind uh, in the form of a shot list, and then you yeah. focus on getting those shots. Yeah, that's a good idea. For this first thing, because I didn't know what I was doing, I'm like, I'm going to film every part of this process. I'm not working on this at all unless the camera's rolling on it, and then I will figure out what to do. So now mm. I'm doing that trickier part. Yeah, uh, that's, a, least... I think, a smart way to start off, at least, because you don't know what you'll need until yeah. after you do it at least once. It is rewarding, though, to, like, uh, focus on, like, cutting out seconds at a time on this footage, then, you know, yeah. taking a break, getting a cup of coffee, coming back and re-watching it and being like, ooh, this is like a real video. And that is very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yeah. When you get some distance from it. Uh, have you guys ever filmed, like, GoPro or anything for stuff that you've uh, been making? Uh, I made a short film that we ended up not having, uh, we, like, lost some of the footage digitally, so we weren't able to get an edit together about ten years ago. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but it was a fun process. We had, you know, a script and actors. The thing I didn't have was a shot list, which is why I was recommending it to you. <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah, I think I should do that in the future. It's also frustrating to see other crafters. Something that's nice is they will shoot from overhead so you get a good view of a small thing they're making. But then they will also shoot from like about shoulder height off to the side next to them. So you can see like the shapes of things and like get some perspective on them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to do that part, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> I didn't for this project, but I will have to in the future because I think that will help a lot. Yeah, you're going to have yeah, to get a three-camera set up like a sitcom. <laughs> that would be great. <clears throat> it's interesting to see when people do making things videos, how there's the added challenge of having to do certain things at arm's length so that they can be in yeah. camera shot without your head blocking it. Yeah. That seems like it would be way harder. It was frustrating to realize that I didn't even know I was doing this, but um, I'm filming my desk and it's right in front of me. So the filming area stops, I don't know, an inch from the edge of the desk and I'm sitting right up against it. That should be fine in my mind. But mm -hmm. then I realized painting small things, I hold my arms to my sides, like pinned to my sides, because that mm. stops uh, small movements traveling all the way down to the paintbrush. 
Right. So when I do that, I am doing it in that one inch of space that isn't covered by the camera. So I have to keep correcting myself there, which is frustrating. Uh, yeah. I need Google Glass or something to do this. How many um, memes are you putting in there? Ooh, none so far. But man, I wish I knew how to do that because all the yeah, good you gotta. <laughs> all the good videos have like just a little tiny snippet of music or like a little callback to an image. I'm like, oh, I love that. I don't know. Yeah, how to you do gotta that. you gotta get an in joke with your audience super early and then mm-hmm. reference it every video for mm-hmm. the rest of time. <laughs> a little picture in picture of like plankton from SpongeBob screaming when you mess up. <laughs> yeah. That a uh, crafter I really like who's super popular. So <clears throat> if you watch craft videos at all, you've seen his stuff, Stetson Studios. But he says in every video, you know what it's time for? It's time to stipple that goop, which is his <laughs> way of saying that you have to like remove brush strokes from paint. And then he does like a fake cheering sound effect, and I love it every time. Yeah, see, <laughs> that, you could do that. <laughs> I have to figure out sound design, uh, how to import. Images, all sorts of things. So have, that's daunting. Yeah. I I have a uh, a YouTube channel I like. Who is this German guy that talks about uh, video games? His name is Sieve. <laughs> you might have seen some of his videos. I've linked them in the Discord. Um, but his his weird in joke that he does with audience the audience is some words he just mispronounces most of the time. Like okay. instead of. Instead of opinion, he'll say, in my humble onion. Okay. Uh And because he's German, it doesn't read like a joke. It just reads like he's made a mistake. But he clearly hasn't. He's a very, like, fluent English speaker. And you like this? Uh, I think that most of the time I would find this annoying. But because Mm. he's got the flat affect of a Central European man, (laughs) it just, it works in a way that it wouldn't if he were, like, American or British or something. Uh, Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I I find, um, I mean, I guess you like trolling, so I guess that makes sense. I find when people purposefully mispronounce things, I laugh once and then I hate it after that. He'll also, when he says hooray to celebrate something, it pronounces it hooray every time. That is good. Which yeah, is that's good. delightful. <laughs> so maybe you can yeah. get some kind of weird pronunciation going, something with maybe a, a British or Irish or Delaware accent, something to do with your heritage <laughs> of those three places. <laughs> What's frustrating, and this ties into the editing, is for the videos I like to watch, <clears throat> there's... You think when you're filming a video, it will be okay, or hopefully I can make parts of it, like, really good and entertaining. You think, well, I won't do anything bad, obviously. But then you watch other people's videos, and, like I said, they aren't able to keep what they're doing in the frame of the camera, so they're just filming nothing for a while, and they include that in the Mm -hmm. video. And that's so fucking frustrating that, (laughs) ugh, I'm so afraid of screwing up in these ways. But, you know, no way around it but through it, I guess. Yeah. One of uh, the my favorite YouTube channels is one that is, is ostensibly about a woman who does her uh, paints her fingernails in different ways every week. Yeah. Uh, called Simply Nailogical. I'm sure lots of people have heard of it. It's super popular. But um, she was like a child TV star in a lot of commercials. And huh. so there's a clip of her saying to her mom about a haircut. She's like, so what do you think? And so every time she finishes her nails, she layers another version of her saying that 
on top of the previous one. <laughs> so by the end, it becomes this maddening roar. What do you think? That's fun. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, if only I had, uh, you know, decades of uh, popular and unique footage to uh, layer together, but I don't. <laughs> yep. Oh. Or knew how to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah, the editing, I've tried, I'm trying to get a total of five hours of footage under half an hour, because that's mm-hmm. a good length I find for craft videos, and I'm almost there. I just have okay. to edit an hour into under uh, five minutes <laughs> later today. But... Then I have to, I guess, I know where to find free music, so I'm okay there. But then, like, figure out how to layer it in in good ways. And I want to do a voiceover for this video, so I have to record that. And, man, it's a lot of stuff, you know? Like, everything is learning an entirely new skill set. So, it's a little tricky. That's The audio is at least usually, like, a drag-and-drop thing, right? You can just, like, drag an audio thing in there like you do a video clip, or... Well, iMovie lets you actually um, edit things together and then, like, have that edited version playing and then you can record in iMovie the sound. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that shouldn't be too bad. But then, like, trying to finish it up so it's more pleasing. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I am enjoying it, so. Everyone like and subscribe. Yeah, I'll uh, say more when I've actually finished. Uh, But, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, the new Pokemon DLC came out on Tuesday. Uh, I've been playing that. Um, if you're on the, uh, fence about it, it's, you know, it's just more of the same. (laughs) Uh, it's more Pokemon Scarlet or Violet. Uh, there's a hundred new Pokemon to catch to complete the, uh, Kitakami Pokedex. Um, Jeff, your your audio is varying in volume pretty wildly, so it sounded like you were like, so you can play Pokemon Scarlet or Violet. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I will stop. Uh, <laughs> I will stop jostling my body around. It just sounded like you were very angry at the Pokemon <laughs> Violet players. Yeah, they're foul to me. Now, the, the DLC for Sword and Shield took you to a separate island. It introduced a bunch of older Pokemon that it hadn't uh, included before, and I really like that DLC. Is this one as good as that? I, ha- yes. I don't have it yet. Okay. It is It is similar. Um, you go to the, the land of Kitakami, which is, like, basically rural Japan, um, and they're having, like, a festival that the plot revolves around, um... You're going with, uh, it's like a crossover trip with a school from the Unova region that mm, okay. is going to play into the plot of the second DLC, uh, Blueberry hmm. Academy. <laughs> I did hear about that, that's <laughs> funny. It was fun. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's enjoyable to run around and catch some Pokemon. Um, it's more, I wish that they did something different with these DLCs because... It would be nice to have, like, oh, here's a, like, little mini start-to-finish adventure, but with this, it's just, like, here's more of the post-game extra stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not, like, I would like maybe a 10-hour little adventure where, like, you get, I don't know, you can't use your old Pokemon until a certain point. You get, like, a new, a new guy like a new partner pokemon for this new area and then go on like a new adventure but 
you know, it's just like you're going there and all the wild Pokemon are like level 65 <laughs> or whatever because it's expected that you've already beaten the game at this point. Um, so that's hmm. that's a little meh. Uh, but it doesn't have that problem as much as Sword of Shields DLC, which did try to give you a starter, but didn't bother banning you from using other Pokemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so like, did you like the um the the Breath of the Wild DLC with the Trial of the Sword? Because I hated that. I didn't like the Trial of the Sword, but I did really like the uh, Champions Ballad, the like four extra little yeah things, and then you get a motorcycle at the end. Yeah, that that, that one ass. is good, but what you're describing sounds to me like the Trial of the Sword, where they're like, yes, we know that you've worked very hard to build up skills and have weapons and be good at things, but what if for this one, no? No, it's, I, yeah, I guess that might be, I would just, I either want it to be like a genuine... I'm a Pokemon Master now challenge. Oh my god, you are? Yay! Yes. Wow. Finally. I have been so for honored. many years. Uh, <laughs> I would either like it to be like a genuine challenge or like a little start to finish mini adventure rather than feeling like a, you know, tacked on, here's another area to explore after you beat the game thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that must be really hard to do though because they want to make it so that anyone can enjoy it and like, what if you pick it up and you haven't finished the story, like, how do you make a plot that works independent of where you are in the other story? I mean, I, I agree with you, that's what I want, but I wonder if that's even possible at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, because I'd already beaten the game, but I think you have to beat the game in order to get to the DLC thing, because I know... Oh, interesting. I know that the game, uh, the base game, does not have any sort of level scaling. Uh Yeah. So I would presume that the DLC doesn't either, uh, which means mm-hmm. that you wouldn't be able to go there early or uh, you'd get stomped on. It's weird that they haven't started including level scaling. I guess they don't want you to catch like a level 48 uh, Bidoof or whatever. <laughs> I, I love those little guys. Oh, they suck so bad. They're <laughs> <laughs> so great. I um I think that it would be nice to do some kind of level scaling where like whatever gym you go to, uh like it'll it can do it based on your progress through the, the gyms and stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you have one gym badge, it kinda like brings all the Pokemon in the wild up to the next tier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh sort of like how it works in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where like after you defeat ten red moblins you kind of start to see fewer of those in the world because you're already an expert at it um yeah and so the like most of them will be replaced by blue ones and then after you defeat the blues they'll start to be replaced by the next level up and so on um i think that would be an interesting way to do it i'm surprised that they haven't yet done anything one of the things that's been a problem with the Pokemon series since the beginning, in my opinion, is that the gym badges are meaningless and mean nothing. Like, yes, I guess... I know I said the same thing twice, basically, there. But, um, like, I guess Pokemon are more likely to listen to you at higher levels the more badges you have or whatever. But I would love a game where if you've got, you know, five out of the six badges you need to become a Pokemon master and you talk to someone, they're not like, who are you, some dumb kid? They'd be like, oh, shit, you're doing really good. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. maybe yeah. I do need to take you seriously. Just some change in the world when I'm nine-tenths of the way to becoming the biggest celebrity in this universe. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, it's interesting, because they seem to have gotten rid of all of the effects of badges. Like, it... Yeah. it Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon listening to you is still the one that stuck around, but, like, in red and blue and yellow, each badge would boost all the stats of one, like, one of, boost one of the stats of all of your Pokemon. Yeah, that's cooler, but also they never explained that. And they, it's just like, you know, you get the Thunder Badge, all your Pokemon can move a little faster. I don't know, I think that's fun yeah but no one ever yeah. says that in the game right they no don't they do explain that's happening they only tell you once after you beat the gym leader but they <laughs> do tell you uh okay i don't remember that at all i um, remember from way back in like um, x and y i want to say <clears throat> um if you if you were a really high level and you had like really good friendship with your Pokemon, especially your starter, they would do things like uh, you know they were gonna faint, but they decided not to because it would make you sad, and they you know keep themselves yes. alive with one point. I don't they think do they do, do that. that anymore. Ah, I swear I haven't noticed that in any generation since. It's I really like you're not that. becoming friends with your Pokemon anymore. Yeah, Pokemon you're just them like cogs. Guess in a not. No, I always buy them clothes and. Pet them or whatever they want now. Play you with one of those like, balls at a picnic. You treat them like cogs in a machine, but you are only catching cling clang, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they are cogs. Uh, yeah. No, I just had they they. I think they've gotten even better with that a little bit because, like, now huh. if you beat the like elite four and champion with uh with Pokemon, anyone who's on your team, you beat them. You have the option to append the Paldea champion to the end of their name. So now I'll send out my Palma and it'll be named Amber, the Paldea champion. Uh, mm, okay. And then sometimes she'll uh, hang on because she didn't want to make me sad if something tries to one-shot her. Uh, well, that's pretty good. Just that, so that same effect. But I want the badges to be unlocking new moves for my Pokemon. Like, Maybe Pokemon can't learn any new fire moves until I've gotten the fire badge. They might have the ones that they had when I caught them, but they won't learn new ones or until I have the badge. Something like that would be way cooler. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of, like, very... Uh, kind of the, the genre of Pokemon knockoffs has kind of uh, seemed to expand on some of these areas that have a good place to expand on. Um, yeah. I think I might have mentioned Cassette Beasts on here. But I love the way that one handles type effectiveness. Mm -hmm. So, like, instead of just, oh, you get double damage if you do uh, water against a fire, uh, it's you, like, do extra damage, and also the fire Pokemon uh, solidifies a little bit, and, and so it speed lowers. Mm. Which is, like, kind of intuitive and neat like oh yeah that would be it's it's made of lava so if you hit it with water it would turn into rocks cool you know what really messes me up when i try to think about scarlet and violet the fact that it came out the same year as uh legends arceus uh, like those are combined in my mind now and it's really messed me up yeah that's true oh they're not combined in my mind legends arceus is good <laughs> I like Scarlet and Violet, but they are uh, very busted. Yeah, yes. they are. Which is a shame. 
It is, because I think they are going in an interesting direction of at least doing something a little bit new with it, but they just, they really, I feel like they really prematurely launched this game before they yeah. figured out how to, like, yeah. do it in a way that was good. My conspiracy theory is still that when they had to delay Tears of the Kingdom, they were like, absolutely no way are we delaying Pokemon, even though it needs to be delayed. Yeah, that makes sense. I I also wonder if it was a thing where they were like, well, it'll be ready in 2024, and Nintendo's like, we're releasing the Switch 2 in 2024, we can't have... Yeah. games for Switch 1 exclusively coming out then, you know. I I would be willing to bet that Nintendo would be more supportive of a delay, but because Pokemon is a bigger brand with more stakeholders, that those other stakeholders would be like, no, we gotta get it out. Yeah. yeah. It's really a shame. I'm thinking about, like, they had such cute little outfits in um, uh, Sword and Shield. The fact that they then decided, oh, because you're a school kid, you can't change your clothes in Scarlet and Violet. That is so obviously something so they don't have to do all the extra work of it. Yeah. So disappointing. You can still change your shoes and socks and hat and glasses and backpacks. So they're like (laughs) five sixths of the way there. Why? Yeah. Do all of it. God damn it. It's so odd to me when people put a lot of work into a video game and the people who like that video game are like, we want X, and then they don't do it. Like, it's obvious what people want out of your game. Just do it. Why not? Sometimes the fans are wrong, though. That's true. And I guess Nintendo as a whole has been like, the fans don't know what they want. Yeah. But they're often correct. (laughs) <laughs> it it sucks to give us something that we want in a previous version of your game and then take it away in later versions. That yeah. that's bad. There's a whole like revenue stream and fun thing that they're not doing that I think would be interesting, which would be like why not just do functionally ROM hacks of your old games? Yeah. Like, why not just be like, oh, we did, we, uh, we updated Pokemon Red, so it's got the fairy type in it, and it's in color now, and you can buy it for $5 or whatever. Or, that seems like it would be a lot of work, though, wouldn't it? I to mean... put sprites for all of the updated Pokemon back backwards into those games? I mean, dumbasses do it on their <laughs> own for free. Yeah. So... So if people are going to do it for free, why would you bother to do it for money? (laughs) No, I'm saying the people who do it for free, like, Pokemon's not making any money off that. But they could. I don't know that they would make money. I think they would lose money at the effort to do it. I mean, you're right. The people doing it for free are losing money too, but those people aren't losing money for the Pokemon company. They're doing it for the love of the game. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And we've seen... Lots of evidence that the Pokemon company doesn't love Pokemon. Yeah, that's fair. They're the the rival who doesn't love their Pokemon enough. Right, mm. but they do want it to them. make money. <laughs> They're always cutting ever... Slowpoke's tails. Go on. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever introduce another type? I feel like they're so deep in the paint now, there's so many, that the way it would affect the network of strengths and weaknesses is just too much. I feel like they'll never introduce another one. I don't think so either. 
It's yeah. weird because in the past they never really cared about balance, but now it's like very important. <laughs> um, I think though they have more online stuff. Pe- yeah. People have been speculating that we they can't they will no longer be able to introduce a new type because of the preview images of Terrapagos has like a hexagon on its back for each type, so there wouldn't be any room for another one. <laughs> Yeah, they've, mm. they've talked their way out of that shit before, though. Come on. I, mean, I would also be interested to know if they would ever start over and have an entirely new set of types. Yeah, that would be interesting, a reboot. Kinda they t- could do they could do like that. a link between worlds thing where there's a parallel dimension yeah. where all the Pokemon are a different type and then it crosses over. I mean, that's kind of what they did with the... Mega what evolutions. are those digital like monstrosities like that muscly uh, uh, ultra beasts yeah there you mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. um yeah the the ultra beasts and mega evolutions are well, they've already established like those are alternate universe things right so they they could play with that and be like oh yeah in this universe i don't know charmander's a freaking He's a soot-type Pokemon, and that's different than fire-type or brown-type. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I would like you it. Could, you could have types be completely mean a different thing. Like, instead of elements, it could be signs of the Zodiac or whatever, you know? Like, type is only bound to elements because that's the way the original Pokemon did. That's true. Uh, it could be different colors. I mean, they already kind of are, but it could just be yeah. a color. You've got Similarly... I'd like to see gyms that are themed after something besides the Pokemon type. Yeah, Jim Bacchus, we're looking at you. Yeah. He's dead. He's so dead. Yeah, and he's not themed after any type. He could have been themed after poison type or dead type. Is dead a type? Ghost. Ghost Ghost type, that's the one. (laughs) That's dead type. Uh, He was themed after a foppish type, I think you'll find from his acting Mm -hmm. work. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be nice to be like, uh, oh yeah, in this gym, we only use turtle Pokemon. <laughs> I'd like that. I'm sorry, your <laughs> yeah. audio completely cut out and I couldn't hear any and, of it. And it cut out comically at exactly okay. the funniest <laughs> okay. point. Not just Where me. you were like, it would be really funny if, and then it was completely quiet, and then, and I'd really like that. Like, oh. it perfectly <laughs> cut out the the functional part of your sentence. I think it would be fun if... A uh, gym could be like I don't know. It's we we only use turtles in this gym. Yeah. Mm. Rather than we only use water types or whatever. The first one in uh, Scarlet and Violet. The beginning of that game. I wonder if they made the story or whatever. They if they did some of it chronologically because some of the beginning stuff was better than later stuff. And when yeah. you go to the very first little farm town, the person you're battling is a bug type gym leader, but they're thing is they're baker. a baker yeah <laughs> and i really loved how they then use that to combine with the bug type which was also plant type or something i don't remember what it was the thing about the crystal form and changing the type yeah bullshit that they've introduced but i love that and they really carried through on they're a baker though and i like that i would have liked yeah. to see the uh the opposite where because every gym, their last Pokemon is some other type that Terra types into the type that the gym is. Yeah. It would have been so much more interesting and weird if the last one Terra typed into something else. Like if it was like, oh, I'm the grass gym leader. Here, I'm sending out yeah. a grass type. Just kidding. Terra type into fire or something like that. 
Yeah, that would have been good, especially because, like you say, that was their gimmick. So they'd bring out like a Bidoof and you're like, well, you're a psychic gym leader. This is Bidoof is going to have secret psychic powers. And yeah, so exactly. you, knew, you knew that every time there was no surprise that you, you could plan ahead for that. Yeah. Um, anyway, Matt, what'd you get up to this week? That's all about Pokemon DLC, I think. Yeah, that yes, that's enough Pokemon stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, I I finished watching the latest season of Taskmaster New Zealand that came out. Mm. Um, I got to the end of it, and I gotta say, it's one of my favorite casts of people that I've ever seen on any Taskmaster. Oh dang! Did you know any of the people before the season started? Not really. Um. That one of them made a cameo appearance in a previous season of <laughs> Taskmaster New Zealand. Okay. Uh, so I, I had known that he existed, but um, they're just I I love that Taskmaster New Zealand is not is no longer concerned with being exactly the same as Taskmaster UK. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the beginning, Paul, the assistant, was like trying to be like Alex, but now he's just doing his own thing. It reminds me of um like Joel Hodgson and Mike Nelson on Mystery Science Theater like the spin-off started out trying to be the same and then just found his own way of doing it that's equally mm-hmm. good, maybe better. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like Taskmaster New Zealand does a very good job of coming up with uh tasks in a way that I wouldn't think of and th- more often than on the UK one, when I'm watching Taskmaster New Zealand, I hear the task and I'm like, oh my god, what a great way to ask that. And then I have to sit and think for a while before I watch how people do it. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, that is yeah. good. I do want to watch that. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, it's interesting because Jeremy, the guy who is the Taskmaster, I don't think he fully got the point of the show at the beginning when he was raiding people. I think he was treating it like a like Drew Carey on Whose Line Is It Anyway, like mm-hmm. just throwing out points because he knew that they didn't matter, quote unquote. But they do matter. Yeah. <laughs> and he's. I think he's finally starting to understand that. So in this season and the previous one, I think he did a much better job of scoring than he did in the beginning. That's good. Yep. Um, but I just, I love... It's rare to see a a season where I genuinely like everyone in the cast and hope that they all do well. Mm -hmm. Usually there's always one person who I'm like, ugh, this guy again. But no, this this past season of Taskmaster New Zealand, everyone is so nice and supportive of each other and interesting and funny. Well, that's good. There's no, like, annoying weirdo who doesn't know how to do even the most basic thing and can't even fail in a funny way. You would think there there is somebody who kind of has a stage persona of that, of being an annoying weirdo, but, like, even he is very funny and does a pretty good job in a lot of tasks. So, yeah, I, at That's the beginning fine. of the season, I was a little bit like, uh-oh, am I going to dislike these people? But they're all really good and really funny, and it, it was it's incredible. <clears throat> and it's nice because uh, the new season of Taskmaster UK starts next week, and the folks who make Taskmaster New Zealand said that they are intentionally releasing their seasons to try to fill in the gaps between the UK seasons. <laughs> so you can be guaranteed to have a new Taskmaster coming out almost every week of the whole year. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is really nice. <clears throat> which so. which English, that one. Which English-speaking countries have a Taskmaster? Is it just 
UK and New Zealand, and then the failed American one, which doesn't count. The, so the Australian Taskmaster oh. just started earlier this year. They've only got one season out so far, but it's pretty good too. It's There's a lot of annoying people on that one, uh, but it is still pretty funny. Mm, okay. Australians are famously annoying. Isn't yeah. there a hit one in like Sweden or something? I remember Alex talking about that. Yeah, there's there's a few Nordic ones that are very popular with people, but I don't know that I will ever want to watch one with subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. are they are they definitely recorded in those languages and not in English? Because yes. you never know sometimes. Okay. Yeah, they definitely are. Apparently, there was a there is planned to be a Canadian one, hmm. which would be really good, but I don't know if it'll ever come together. <laughs> it might be really good, I'm afraid. <laughs> Just thinking about it. We'd have yeah, to get can David you imagine? Graham on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, know, can you I imagine? Know. Oh, it would be amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Guy... Um, Montgomery? Guy Montgomery from Worst Idea of All Time was on Taskmaster New Zealand Season 2 and he's so good. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, I can definitely think of at least some Stop Podcasting Yourself guests who would end up on Taskmaster Canada. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the hope. Um, also, something that Taskmaster New Zealand does way better than Taskmaster UK is calling back to previous jokes from previous seasons. Um, hmm. There's a task in the most recent season where the te- the the players have to ruin an office goodbye party. <laughs> And uh, there's a whiteboard with, like, business numbers on it, but a lot of the business stuff that's written on it are references to tasks from previous seasons or other iterations of Taskmaster. That's pretty good. Very good. I feel like I don't follow up with that very well. Like, I notice in the UK one, I notice uh, Alex is doing something weird, and then later it it reveals that he was, like, putting a number in every sentence he said or something, but, like, I didn't mm-hmm. pick up on it, so I don't know if I would catch old jokes. It makes me absolutely furious that there is a task in Taskmaster UK uh, where you, you have to determine the weight of Alex's head and feet, mm-hmm. and during the task, he is dressed as a Roman centurion, <laughs> yeah. and no one asked why on the show. And people online have been asking why at every AMA he's ever done, and all he ever says is that because no one on the show ever figured it out, he's not going to reveal it. <laughs> I've seen him say that that he's going to be tying that to something in the future, but I don't know if I believe him. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. <sighs> Unless he's playing an extremely long game where... He's going to do that once every five seasons or something. And then and then what? It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. And it makes me so mad. <laughs> He's, his mind just works on a different level than ours. And then, like, I listen to the podcast and he talks about that one where they had to draw the stuff inside the box. And it was a wet bra and a statue of David mm-hmm. and a hat. And it, the the answer was wet David Attenborough. And then they were like, why wet? And he's like, you know, that's what you call somebody who's been knighted. And they're like, you mean sir? And he said, no, it's wet. And that was the joke. And that was the whole joke. (laughs) 
that that That's he thought it joke. was funny <laughs> that someone would think that wet is the word instead of sir when you're referring to someone who's been knighted. Yeah. So like, it's not a clue. It's not some a part of a bigger joke. That's the whole thing. And I'm like, this isn't a joke, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but it's not a joke. So anyway. Everyone watched Taskmaster New Zealand, and okay. everyone gets psyched for when the new UK season comes out starting this Thursday. Hooray! Woo! I forget who's in it, but I was excited about at least one of them. Sue, um, from Mel and Sue. Yes! Sue, whatever her name is. Perkins. Yes. Yeah. Perkins, thank you. Also, yeah, there's there's a few people who I have seen in things before this season, which is a rarity, so I'm excited. Yep. Lucy Beaumont. Mm-hmm. Who has been in some things? You probably would recognize her face. Okay, She's I married to John, whatever from the third season of Taskmaster. Anyway, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what do we do on this show? Mm-hmm. Well, nothing much. We uh, yeah. <laughs> we what's allowed... going on with you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we find some up dog mm-hmm. and. Um, we go to the news site of our choice and let the algorithm pick a news story for us. We pay- make sure that it's one that's not important, <laughs> and then we talk a little bit about what's going on in the news of the of the internet. Yep. So today, the story I got is called "Spider-Man 2's Fast Travel on PS5 Looks Absolutely Insane." The new Spider-Man game that's coming out next year. Okay. Uh, are you guys well, following news about this at all? No. no. Spider-Man's a tricky intellectual property because there's so many iterations of it. It's been rebooted so many times and it's in so many formats. When you say Spider-Man 2, what context do we have here? Which Spider-Man so, is this? about what, five years ago or so, PlayStation 4 came out with a game called Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, Just bold. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was widely accepted to be the best superhero game of all time. I think that is still true. Oh, is this the one that Jeff liked uh, swinging around? Uh, yeah, it's New called York City? Okay. Uh, yes. Is, this, is the Spider-Man in this any of the movie Spider-Mans? No, he has so, a in the, small cameo in the second Spider-Verse when they're flying through all the different Spider-Mans, but that's it. Hmm. Yes. Um, so this new one is going to introduce Symbiote Spider-Man ah. uh, as a an alternate play style, I think, where you can have a different moveset when you're Symbiote Spider-Man, which seems very cool. Uh, and the first one was so well done that I have high hopes for this one as well. Um, but they, apparently, oh. well, do they explain uh, that uh, headline attention grabber about it being so insane or whatever you said? Do they explain why? Yes. So this article is about specifically fast travel being insane. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty funny because one of the jokes in the first Spider-Man game was. There was fast travel to, like, just like in most games, when you would, like, clear an event, there'd be a little pin that dropped, and then you could fast travel back to it later if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you fast traveled, it would cut to a scene of Spider-Man riding the subway <laughs> in his Spider-Man <laughs> outfit, and people would, like, be taking pictures of him and stuff. That's pretty good. That's a good gag. Yeah. But in this one, uh, if you watch the video of the latest trailer that they revealed um 
you can go to the map screen to bring up a map of New York, and then you can click anywhere on the map, and when you do, it zooms into the map that you're already looking at, and once it gets to street level, Spider-Man, like, swings in from above. Ooh, pretty good. So, it, it, it feels like you are just diving right into the map instead of having to have, like, a loading screen essentially happen. That's nice. Uh, it looks really cool. I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off in real life like they did in this trailer, but mm-hmm. it is a good idea. That's and, like, like, now that computers are smart enough to do it. Yeah. That's been the, the I think, biggest advent of... Like, everything I hear about PS5 is, like, it's not like the graphics are better or the game runs smoother, but, like, it removes all of the loading screen and, like, jitteriness when the action gets too much and, like, no distance fog. Um, So, like, all that stuff going away is more, seems to be the the main advantage this generation, which is really interesting because I don't think we've... You know, previously we haven't really seen they'll push the hardware instead of reducing that stuff. But now maybe they've they're done pushing, like they can't push more. Didn't we? Yeah, have... I think. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say I feel like they they need to pivot from graphics getting better to more like quality of life improvements in games, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're bragging about their fast travel system is a is in my mind a positive because they're realizing that that is more important than making it shinier more ray tracing or whatever yeah i was gonna say last week you brought fast travel about starfield i think right that was your news item i just talked about how i appreciate that starfield recognizes that you want to fast travel i guess it was about that and about how they don't have ground vehicles because they want you to fast travel yeah but i feel like that's a totally different thing where in that game it's like we didn't bother making anything for you to do so we want you to fast travel so you don't think about that too much yeah and it seems like uh, in this game they have put more thought into it which is nice yeah and i think as jeff said you know once you hit the point of of it not um being uh a question of graphics anymore and you still want to use the hardware to its fullest the you know mm-hmm. you should be looking for ways to make the playing experience more enjoyable yeah i just dropped the gif into our chat if people Ooh. want to see yeah that's very cool Let's see. yeah so Let's see it brings it. up the same like hollow map but then it zooms down into it and all the hologram buildings become oh nice full textured and then spider-man has like a little wingsuit that he drops in there why does he have a wingsuit he's supposed to be using his webs oh louisa the number of spider-man suits that he came up with over the years it's ridiculous he cannot fly every superhero can fly he had armpit wings in the original incarnation okay well he's like spider-man no he's falling with style it's different watch toy story (laughs) <laughs> oh man that is very cool though that city does look cool both in the map and then in the uh, close-up yep i i would love if this starts a trend of people being like our game the thing the selling point of our game is how easy it is to manage your inventory <laughs> yeah that'd be nice <sighs> it would be so good my god, managing your inventory in Starfield, you guys, it's not good. <laughs> it's bad. I think we talked about it, but I keep seeing funny pictures of people's ships just filled with trash because they don't yeah. want to get rid of anything. <laughs> it sucks so bad, though. Oh my goodness, it sucks so bad. 
If you need to find, if you like pick up, I don't know, some weird plant, if you need to find that plant again, do you have to manually go into that part of your ship and search for it like it was a real object? If you've just dropped it on the floor, then yes. Oh, man. There's like a, a ship's cargo hold you can put stuff in, but it is very limited in how much it can hold. And you are able to, thankfully, when you go to stores in the game, sell stuff directly from ship's cargo. That's true, but each store only has a certain amount of money, yeah. so you can only sell stuff until they run out of money, which mm. is never enough. Well, then you have to buy all their stuff to give them more money. I'm trying to save up for a new ship, Jeff, but it's so <laughs> fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally have cleaned out every store on every planet I've visited so far. Do they not? All the of their economy. credits. Do they not get more money at some point? I think they do eventually, but it takes so long. You have to, like, finish two missions, and then you can come back and sell more of your shit. Meanwhile, I'm doing missions where I'm wiping out, you know, Scarlet Fleet pirates, each one of which has a very valuable gun and armor set. So I'm doing it at triple overloaded capacity, mm-hmm. hobbling down the hallway, wheezing for air because I can't carry anymore. Ugh, what yeah. a mess. I kind of felt that way in... Baldur's Gate 3 as well. Like, I'm loaded yeah. down with stuff. All my players are. And then I have to start sending stuff to camp because I can't get rid of it. I have to have yep. it. Yep. I I understand that that is like a, a something that people like, I guess, about the Bethesda RPGs is the whole weight management inventory thing. Hmm. But it, it feels real bad in this one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. They should just be a place where you can go online on your computer and sell everything for maybe a little less money, but like eBay it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. See, eBay now all you of your hate... cheese wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hate Animal Crossing, but they did introduce that. They have a box outside the store that you can just dump all your stuff into and you get a little bit less mm. money for it. Yeah. Oh, that's all I want in this game. That's a good game. Put that feature from a bad game into this good game. No, it's got to be one or the other. Mm. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. You can only have a good game or a good feature. <clears throat> yep. Anyway, what news story did you get, Louisa? Uh, I got one. This was the first one on my list of uh, Google News for you. And it was many different... For iter- Many different iterations of this same story, and I clicked on the one from the New York Post, because they're nuts. And this is in the category of college football, this news story for me, which is, that's surprising, right? And here's the headline. (laughs) Iowa cheerleader's pants fall down during backflip, but he still stuck the landing. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Good job, So, yeah, I'm going to send you the, hold on. Can I send this to you? Return. There we go. Okay. I sent you the uh, tweet that has the file in it in case you wanted to watch it. But it's like a best case scenario. Uh, he really does. He runs across the field. He does that thing where you just, if you're super athletic, you spring up into the air and just do flips all by yourself. And he, his pants do fall down and he catches them when he lands and he runs off the field and his friends kind of laugh at him a little bit. But uh, yeah, you see. I should say, for the listener who's not sure, he is wearing underwear, which do not, yeah, you do not fall dick, down. Which is what I was really hoping for. <laughs> I What I like about this is the cheerleader uniform looks like 
uh, a like martial arts like movie a outfit. Suit. It looks oh. it looks like the Game of Death like yellow Bruce Lee outfit, and that's really cool. <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like a UPS driver uniform or something, right? Just like a they polo shirt brown, and track pants. Brown. Yes, I know, not the color, the design of it. Yellow PS. <laughs> DHL. They were to... yellow. I do want to point out that. Um, Immediately after he does this, there's a female cheerleader who does this in a skirt, mm-hmm. and you see exactly as much of her, her underwear as you do of his. Mm-hmm. So like, it's makes you think. It's, yeah. yeah, it's all double standard or whatever. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but this this feels like uh, not a significant thing. He certainly didn't get hurt or anything. It was over in a second. He handled it really well. Uh, this feels like a fun story for him to tell at cocktail parties uh, some years in the future. So. A nice story, not a terrible story. Now that I'm thinking about what this would look like if his dick had fallen out, <laughs> I'm now thinking Are about all of the weird shit that happens to your dick when you're doing flips. Like, it must flap around like crazy under there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get. I guess if you don't, if you don't have, like, a supportive undergarment. Yeah. Do you yeah. think they have to wear a cup? Maybe. They might. Do you, th- do you think he'd be injured... Do you think his dick would be injured if it had to if it were flopping around while he was doing the flips? I think your dick can stick withstand quite a lot of flopping before it gets injured. I think. <laughs> Do you think that it would hurt? Maybe he wouldn't be injured, but it yeah, must it at probably least cause discomfort. Yeah, the underwear dick's, he's wearing in this look like Spanx, basically, which is sort of like an athletic cup. Yeah, that's yeah. I was gonna say where it goes. I found out just this year that uh, athletes don't really wear jock straps anymore. They wear weird, like, little compression shorts instead. Yep. Yeah. Which does make sense. It does, but those shorts aren't going to help you if a wooden cricket ball whacks you in the (laughs) groin. (laughs) Well, they still have a a space for a cup. Yeah. So, you got that. You got that going for you. It's true. I feel like if you become a professional athlete, on some level, you have to accept that parts of your body will just be destroyed. Yeah. That's why I don't understand, like... Your legs. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand, like, wrestlers or anything. Like, you know you're gonna get hurt. I don't like the thought of that. Getting into it, knowing that? No. It's weird to me. I think about this all the time. You know, there's the thing of, like, wrestlers hiding a razor blade in their fingers or whatever to make themselves bleed on stage. Yeah. And just the idea that you could be, like... Yeah, I'm going to cut my face with this razor blade a little bit. It'll be fine. I don't understand that mentality fucking at all. Yeah. I'd be so afraid, especially doing it secretly in front of a crowd. I'd yeah. be so afraid of doing it too hard and then being like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. There, uh. there goes my eyeball. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I've paralyzed half of my face by severing a nerve or whatever. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> I, I mean, that's probably part of why the uh, most uh, professional wrestling frowns upon this practice. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, all of professional wrestling is still varying layers of, like, hurting yourself to make it look like you got hurt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ugh, anyway, this is a very nice uh, story. Something happened that was silly and no one got hurt at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff. What kind of news story do you have for us? I've been perplexed by this headline uh, that MSN served me from Country Living. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was posted today, September 17th, about an hour ago. Um, 
The headline is, Happy Birthday, Harrison Ford. Here are seven classic photos of the actor you've probably never seen. Harrison hmm. Ford's birthday is July 13th. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's his birth year, you see, Jeff. It doesn't say happy birth year, Matt. <laughs> Anniversary of his birth year. <laughs> it's so... Is it like a... Is it, like, an important year for him? Is he turning, like, 80 or something? He turned 81 in July. Ah, hmm. uh, that's not an important one. Could yeah! This a, could this be an AI-generated thing? Is that possible? I don't know. Mm. Is Brittany Natale... Uh, does that sound like a computer's name? Ah. Uh, if you rearrange those, it says, I am a computer. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's just, like... Who is this for? I guess they got my click... Yeah. 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 But like do they also I've seen these pictures. Yeah, I was gonna me. say Do they have the one of him young, uh like doing dishes in the kitchen, which everyone loves? They always mm. pretend that's a photo no one's ever seen. No. Several of them are oh. frames from movies that he's been in. <laughs> like Blink, yeah, I guess Blink and I guess, you'll miss this shot. <laughs> I guess nowadays not a lot of people are watching Apocalypse Now or uh Love American <laughs> Style or American Graffiti, but like those are just screenshots. Harrison Ford pretending to be some kind of space smuggler? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one Star Wars one they have is behind the scenes, at least, thankfully. We all love Harrison Ford, but what if he was some kind of professor of archaeology? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, good. It's, it's... You're very belated. You're, two mo- you're over two months late, Computer Brittany. God damn it. Yep. Anyway, that was the headline that jumped out most to me. (laughs) All right, so what's the best of these pictures, then? I gotta know. Um, I really like his outfit in Apocalypse Now. He's got, like, a short haircut and glasses. It's kind of a different look for him. Oh, yeah, he's, like, a weird Dorcas in that, right? I haven't seen that movie, but I get the sense that that is true based on... The picture from the movie. Yeah, he's not usually a straight-laced guy. Yeah. Like, part of the joke of Indiana Jones is he seems very straight-laced, but then he's always, like, whipping treasure out of people's hands. Yeah, the the, the problem is he's a very handsome man. Yeah. And so when you try to make him a dork, you're like, this is just a handsome man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not falling for this at all. What are you trying yeah. to- you trying to get my social security number? <laughs> I've seen dorks, and they're not this handsome, you say. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, it's weird that he's still, like, going, huh? I mean, I'm certain they keep driving dump trucks of money up to his house to rile his elderly bones. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely how they get him to agree to be Indiana Jones or Star Wars man. Um, But, like, he was in that Apple TV show Shrinking that people liked, and he was he's he's in Yellowstone the like prequel to Yellowstone nineteen twenty three, which also people really like and like Yeah, I kinda wonder about him. He seems like the textbook guy who he was a carpenter, the he was discovered, and he he's good at acting, but he seems like maybe he doesn't like it, like he's very shy. So he seems like the type of guy who would have played Han Solo and then never anything ever again. (laughs) <laughs> and yet, he I, does love acting at Zeems. I wonder if he's just trying to avoid landing on one of those, like, whatever happened to this <laughs> actor lists. You know what? I bet he's on them anyway, because those lists are just bonkers. Yeah, they are. 
The only ones that anyone cares about are Rick Moranis and um, what's uh, Phoebe Cates. Those are the only two people who voluntarily stopped acting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that Harrison Ford is one of the last of a class of actor that we don't have space for anymore, which is people who become actors as a job. Oh no, Didn't your audio it. keeps cutting out at the oh, worst time. God damn it. I it's called... getting so much worse, I... too. We're trying to pretend we can understand <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. I called the internet company yesterday and they said it was fixed. I'm going to yell at them. Damn. Um, <laughs> I think that he's the last in a class of actor of like guys who got into acting uh, as their job rather than as the yeah. pursuit of like celebrity or some great art. Just like. Yeah. Someone was like, hey, you've got the look to be in this uh, this movie about greasers. And he was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I guess I'll do it. Uh, and then yeah. kept taking more and more and was like, ah, people will keep paying me to be in movies. And uh, I'm not really good at anything else except carpentry and washing dishes. So why not? <laughs> I was watching. Um, so the weather's finally gotten a little bit yes. folly. And so we're all jumping on the, the fall movies train um and last night we watched adam's family mm-hmm. uh and i was like i wonder whatever happened to that guy who played pugsley <laughs> the yeah. other kid so do you guys already know about this i don't i know he's the okay. older brother of a kid who yeah was no, on... no 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 don't ruin okay. it don't ruin okay. it don't okay. ruin it okay so after doing the Adams Family movies, he was like, oh man, I love this so much. And what I really loved about it was watching all of the cameramen and production crew work. So he became a cameraman and a production crew guy on lots of very, very big movies and was super successful at it. That's awesome. So he's now working in movies, but behind the scenes. And his sister is the girl from Modern Family. Yeah. The, like, main Ariel. girl from Modern Family. The nerdy one. Yeah. And she uh, got emancipated from her family mm-hmm. because they were abusive to her. And he became her primary caretaker until she turned 18. So they, they're, he's just, like, a genuinely really nice guy who took <laughs> care of his sister to get her out of an abusive situation. That's great. Good for them. And his, his yeah. name is, like the name of someone that you'd come up with as an example of an everyman during a presidential campaign, Jimmy Workman. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Yep. I feel like the most well-adjusted child actors, there's occasional ones who stay actors, like Daniel Radcliffe, who seem fine, but the ones who seem as a category, the best are the ones who are like, yes, I like making movies, but now that I'm not 10 anymore, I want to be directing or, like you said, camera work, and they seem like the most normal ones. Yes, I think that's probably true. I think, uh, miraculously, Christina Ricci has uh, turned out mostly normal and is still that's an true. actor. Yeah, I guess so. She's one of those ones who's like driven to really want to act i guess like daniel radcliffe too to like take chances yeah. and always look for more work like they really love oh, acting. what are they gonna put those two in a movie together am i right <laughs> oh man that would rock it would rock he's you're going, absolutely right he's going after the affections of a slightly older woman mm. she's cold and withholding yeah they both have although she's powers. got a lot of range i feel like she's done a lot of different types of characters i mean he has too yeah. i think they could do anything together yeah she's doing excellent work on yellow jackets just like 
exuberant and cartoonish and fun. Like that character is great. Yeah, I, I should check that out sometime. She was, mm-hmm. she was by far the best part of Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I think I maybe half paid attention to the first episode of that and was like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, it's not great, but she's good in it, and I like that she's in it not playing Wednesday Adams or anybody related to the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. That's pretty good. Uh, and she seems to have turned out to be, like, a decent person. Um, what was that movie where she was, like, a princess that had a pig nose and it was kind of, like, magical realism? You guys remember this? No. I don't know. I don't know that. That's weird. <laughs> it was a good movie. I just can't remember what it's called. Hmm, okay. You know, it's funny, you mentioned uh, Adam's Family, and last time we talked about the Adam's Family, I talked about how I really like the seemingly Botero-inspired sculptures they have in their garden, all those uh, Mm. super fat people. Uh, Botero just passed away in real life, and I was just thinking about him and looking at all his cool sculptures again. Yeah. I love that horse with the giant fat legs. I like when you watch The Addams Family, you can tell how badly Raul Julia and Angelica Houston wanted to fuck. <laughs> yes. In real life. <laughs> Their is chemistry key. is insane. Yeah. I can't believe that the version of The Addams Family that we currently have uh, is, yeah, there's the Wednesday one, but like the cartoon one is perfect casting, but it's stuck in a goddamn cartoon. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. is that the one with, uh, uh... It's like Oscar Isaac and Oscar Charlize Isaac, yeah. Theron or something. Mm-hmm. Just, like, two incredibly charismatic and attractive people. And we're just like, nah, we're gonna make it ugly cartoons that are bad to look at. The thing that's crazy about the Adams Family movie is that, like, b- there were iterations of these characters before that movie... And the way that Raul Julia and Angelica Houston especially perform their characters is not trying to be like those versions at all. And yet it became the definitive version. Yeah. Like they were like, listen, we know what people did with these characters in the past. We're going to do our own thing and it's going to be better than all of those other things put together. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The power of Raul Julia's performance as Gomez Adams was so strong that that character is just always Latino now. You do not (laughs) cast a white guy anymore as Gomez Adams. They did, not only that, they made the entire history of the family Latino. Yeah, it's just... Now you can't cast Fester as non-Latino either. (laughs) Who was the one in the TV show? It was, uh, what's his name? Who's the dad of the guy who played Rudy? Yes, Aston. Yeah. Oh, the guy who played Rudy. We're, we're, uh, that's the generational separation because I can hear the heartbreaking of Chris who's like, you mean Samwise Gamgee? But see, I couldn't remember the name of any of the hobbits. You mean the Goonies guy? Yeah, Is it the, the guy Goonies from guy, Goonies? yeah. <laughs> you remember mean the when... guy who plays the brother in Fifty First Dates? Because I'm, when... I'm a younger millennial. Josh Brolin was just the mean uh, elder kid with the cutoff sweatshirt in Goonies, and he wasn't uh, Thanos. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. Those are the days. <laughs> did you know that? Um, do you, hear, do you remember that story about how uh, the guy who played Gomez Adams uh, like adopted Sean Astin because his mom was pregnant when they met, and yeah. like, yeah, 
they didn't tell him until he was much older. Yeah. And he was like, why don't I look anything like my brother? <laughs> yeah, and that's the funny thing, because his brother, Mackenzie Aston, does look yeah. like his father. So much like him! Yeah. Uh, I always, the, only I thing I've ever, the only thing I've ever seen him in was The Magicians, where he played the most horrible, disgusting character ever. And now every time I see his face, I'm like, ew, this guy. <laughs> I often check to see if John Aston is still alive. He is, 93. Good for him. Uh, still kicking around. Who is? Does Sean Astin have a famous birth dad? I don't, I don't know so. that that has been released to the public. Yeah. Oh, right. It's like a rumor that it was a couple different guys that like maybe it was Desi Arnaz and a couple other people. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. We don't know. Interesting. Anyway. Well, anyway, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And please come back next week. Oh, I'd tell your friends about the show, too. Why don't you? Why don't yeah, you? Yeah, we dare yeah, you. Why don't what are you, you, a coward? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you too afraid to tell people about the things you love? Hey, you I am. <laughs> Open your heart. Yep. I was just talking to Jen about when you have to fill out your interests on your, like, work profile. Mm-hmm. And you can tell how long someone's been working at a company by how hard they try to hide their what they're really interested in. <laughs> Yeah. When I first started, I was like, games. And now I'm like, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Deal with it. I don't give a shit. Anyway, so put us, put our podcast on your list of interests for your work profile, please. Yes, thank you. Yeah, That's a specific call to action. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on X at Hack the Net Pod, or you can find us on uh, the Discord where we will talk to you directly. You just need to message us and you can get an invitation. You can find me on uh, Blue Sky at Matt Heron. Uh, I am available on Instagram or Steam, Jeff JK. Um, I just want to clarify, Sean Aston has had a good relationship with all of the men he has considered father. His birth father, Mike Tell. His stepdad, Mike something else. His adoptive dad, John Aston. And the guy who he thought his was his biological father but wasn't Desi Arnaz <laughs> alright that's the best you can hope for in life I guess oh yep, Desi Arnaz Jr. sorry not the real Desi Arnaz Jr. <laughs> sorry go on Louisa <laughs> oh okay that, that was your thing you needed to tell the public right? yeah <laughs> I wanted to make sure everyone knew that I know all about Sean Astin's many fathers <laughs> that's what it says on your tattoo <laughs> yep do not resuscitate. Also, ask me about Sean Aston's <laughs> many fathers. Uh, anyway, you can talk to me about other things at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. <laughs> and how do people find your videos? Uh, mm, there's only one test video up right now, but if you go to oh. Louisa's Workshop on YouTube, you will see that. And if you want to subscribe... Then when I upload my more good video, hopefully later this week, you'll be able to see that right away. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm subscribing right now. Thank you. So you'll know it's a, uh, me. It's very hard to find people on YouTube. I find it like tries to give you all the more popular ones first that don't match the search results as well. But my yep. picture is a little um, clay sculpture of a snail that's like a pack snail with a bunch of magical artifacts on his back so look for that very nice all right so louise is going to become an influencer oh god so be one of the people who say you got in on the ground floor yep oh man can you can you when you get fan mail and read it on the channel call it snail mail
<laughs> Ooh, I love this. Uh, yeah, I can. I will. I'll do that. I'll make a note. Okay, so if you want to get something read on this show, send Louisa fan mail. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to keep your pockets on Shrek. Don't read the comments. Yeah, I'm the best around. Thank you.